Hey everyone, it's Keller with FreshyVenture.com. Welcome to part two of my interview with Yaro Starek. Now part one and two both consist of questions that were submitted by my own blog readers for Yaro. Part three consists only of my questions for Yaro. And part three is going to be made available to my newsletter subscribers. So once you're done with this part, if you'd like to go on to part three, just sign up for my newsletter and you'll get a link for that part of the interview. So here we go with part two of my interview with Yaro Starek. The next question, this is a really good one too. The next question is from Jackie and she writes, is it mandatory to publish videos of yourself or make audio posts in order to have a successful blog? I'm just not ready to videotape myself. Nope, not mandatory at all. Uh, I, you know, this is a case of can you provide value just doing text? Yes, for sure. Uh, I, I don't know. Sorry, what was the name of this person asking the question? Jackie. 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 I don't know what your skill set is, or or if you're a talented writer, or if you're you know willing to put a lot of effort into producing great written content. But if you are, that's enough. Uh, there's a blog I know. Um, you probably know as well in this industry called Dosh Dosh, and Dosh Dosh is uh, a Canadian blogger who I'm pretty sure doesn't write to the blog anymore. At least it's turned used to be a weekly blog, and then it went monthly. Now it seems to be like four new posts a year or something oh, like wow. that. He doesn't write very often anymore. It was Dosh Dosh uh, Maki was the guy, or Maki was the, the the fellow behind it. As an Asian guy who had obviously a, a bit of an interest in, in Japanese animation because he used those pictures on his blog posts. But he was just an incredibly good writer. And he would write long, in-depth analysis of various issues to do with social media and making money online and internet marketing and business and that sort of area. Still a really popular blog because his archives are just full of such good content. Never did an audio. Um, I, I actually tried to get him on an interview. He didn't want to do it. Uh, never oh, did wow. a video. Uh, he was this sort of enigmatic guy who still, I think, if I, has some presence online, but I think he just lost interest in that subject, so he just stopped writing huh. about it. But he grew um, a blog that still has, I think, upwards of 20,000 or 25,000 RSS subscribers to it. Um, and it's, it, amazingly enough, still grows without him really producing any new content for it. So it just goes to show if there's value in what you're producing, it doesn't matter what medium you use. It can be just video, just audio, or just text. You'll still get a result. It's just the power of your message. Right. And even like coffee blogger, Brian doesn't do a lot of video or audio, I've noticed. It's mainly content. Um, and I was terrified of doing my first podcast and video, I have to admit. And actually, thank God I was in Blog Mastermind because you, Yaro, you had presented like your first podcast you did where you point out how you messed up a little bit here and there. And <laughs> and it was so great to be able to see, okay, someone who's really, you know, well-known and really good in this field, he had to start from somewhere too. So if it's fear holding you back, I'd say go forward with it and just practice. But yeah, I, I completely agree. I think mm -hmm. that's great. Just no, that's good as the quality. It's all about the quality of it. <clears throat> okay, the next question was submitted by Dana, and she writes... And I'm going to actually revise this question a little bit too, but she writes, how can I get more visibility on other blogs? And that's pretty general, so I'm going to ask you, what's the best way you've found for getting more visibility on other blogs? Mm. You know, I've answered this one a lot because people want to know how to get traffic as probably the most interesting subject a blogger could ever find out about. 
And I'm actually, I was interested in hearing how other people answer the question too, because, uh -huh. um, you know, he, what traffic techniques are always like, okay, how did, exactly did he get that many readers? Uh -huh. um, and I've, I've kind of got answers now that depend on where you're at with your blog. And I think most people listening to this will be in the first stage of their blog, so they don't have much of an audience. They're just getting started. So right. I like to answer it from that point of view, since it's usually the most helpful. I always think back to what I did early on, and the number one source of traffic for me in the early days was actually other blogs that had more traffic than me who would then do something to send some of their traffic to me. And that was always prompted by an action by myself. So either I wrote a really good article and they linked to it, or I wrote a guest post, gave it to them, they published it along with the link back to my blog, or I did an interview with them, published the podcast or the text interview on my blog, and then they linked to that. Uh, so those are, those are the three biggest sources of traffic I got, the three techniques that had the best result for me during the first 12 months of blogging. Uh, just got to have the disclaimer that nowadays they're not quite as effective. Well, I think guest writing is still effective. Um, podcasting is doing interviews like this is still effective as a traffic technique. Uh, it's just you're not going to make as big a splash because it's more common now. More people do podcasts, right. more people do guest articles. And uh, sadly enough, and I'm certainly to blame for this too, bloggers don't link out to other blogs as often as they used to. Um, I don't know why that is. Uh, I think Darren Rouse has been sort of asking that same question lately. We seem to be more about, especially established blogs, we really seem to stay very insular with, with our writing. We, we link back to our own blog. Uh, back in the day, when we were all getting started together, there seemed to be a sense of um, you know, just reading each other's content. I think it's a case of information overload nowadays. It's just too much out there, so we, we stick to what we, we're good at and focus on our own content. That doesn't mean, though, from the point of view for people listening to this, you, you need to find your peers. That's why this can still work. If you, like, you're not going to get the top blogger in your industry to link to you just because you ask. You might. Right, <laughs> yeah. well. But it's very <laughs> not unlikely. Not very likely. Yeah. If, right. If you go and find your peer group or the people who are just slightly ahead of you on the development curve, they're more likely to be responsive because they're in the same boat as you. They want to get links. They want to start building their audience. Uh, when I was growing up as a blogger, the, the kids growing up around me were copy blogger, pro blogger. Uh, you know, John Chow wasn't even on the radar for me back then either, and he's, he came up uh, maybe a year later, although he was actually blogging before that apparently. Um, you know, then little, well, what happened is we all linked to each other, we all covered different things, we all started to grow in, in, in uh, authority over time. But we certainly, because we were in the same boat, we helped each other back then. Uh, and we still do now. That's the good thing about this. If you find a peer group that you can grow with together, if you climb the ladder together, you still remain in contact. You still support each other when it's appropriate to do so. It's just harder for new kids to get into established groups. So what you want right. to do is make your own group as you're growing together. The key with that is find people with talent who are taking action. You know, don't pick people who are just going to give up next month. You know, right. read someone's blog, see that they're putting out good work, um, notice that their audience size is about the same as yours or maybe slightly larger, and then start to form a relationship with them. Um, that, that for me has been the best. You know, outside of that, you can do things like buy traffic to get, to get more visibility. Uh, it's not 
available to most people because of the financial restrictions there, but it certainly is possible. And then there's the very, very simple things, which are, I wouldn't call these the best ways, but leaving blog comments, posting in forums, um, and even uh, sort of the run-of-the-mill social media type techniques like bookmarking your own content, stumbling your own content, excuse me, um, that can bring in traffic, but not a lot. Usually the best way right. to get a lot of traffic with social media is have other people recommend you. It's almost always dependent on an external element to you. That's why this is hard. <laughs> You're asking right. for someone else to do something to your advantage. Well, it's kind of this bad cycle where it's the chicken or the egg thing. You need someone's you like need the attention of an authority figure to really get out there at the same time um you don't have that yet you need that you're, the only way you're going to get it is if you've gotten some of that it, it can be <laughs> a little mm. frustrating in the beginning I, and actually one of my questions later is going to dive into that okay, more with well, you I won't answer it yet okay <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah I was uh going to say though that you guys you know also probably have to be kind of protective over your blog and your voice because, um, you know, you're essentially internet celebrities, which means you have some authority and you get most likely a million requests every day from people asking you to work with them or give them a little bit of your attention. Of course, a lot of these people, you know, might not be actually putting out something of value. They're just looking to get something from you. Uh, and so you guys have to be very uh, conservative with how much you're willing to do for others. Mm. Yeah, it's you a know. tough one, you know. Like, you've got like I've always got more I can personally produce, so I could spend my entire day focusing on myself. Um, and in a lot of ways, I'd be resting on my laurels, and I'd probably get away <laughs> with it. This is the sad thing about <laughs> it, you know. I could ignore absolutely everyone uh, and still be fine because as long as I keep producing value by myself, it's all good. Uh, right. But that's not fair to people who ask this question. You know, you, there there is a way to get to the top. Still, um, you're going to have to be innovative. You're going to have to be proactive, and you are going to face a lot of rejections. That's like talking to the cast of Fame or something here. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is an industry where where it is more busy than it used to be, and we're all dealing with information overload. And yes, the established players have a, uh, an advantage because we were there earlier. But right that doesn't mean you can't still succeed and you should definitely leverage the advantage you do have over us, which was the fact that the things that work are now talked about and are, as long as you do it, which most people don't do, as long as you take action on a repeated basis, you will get results, assuming you've got something of value to give. Right. Well, we do have an advantage. You guys have done the hard work. You've figured it out and you're helping us do those things. So a lot of us today don't have to invent these concepts. They're already, they've already been invented. We don't have to figure all of this out if we're willing to just listen a little bit to what you guys have to say and then do it, take action. We do have an advantage in that way, but you guys definitely have an advantage over us with time and yeah. reputation. Yeah, the difference there is a knowledge advantage. Uh, you know, you're still doing just as much work as we have to do, if not more, but you know... Mm -hmm rather than trial and error in your way. So usually that's a fast track. But push comes to shove, doesn't matter whether you're established or working your way to become established, the only people who succeed are the action takers. And that's right. that's really the criteria here. Everything else we're talking about are just little little advantages or little setbacks. But really, the action takers will push through no matter what. I completely agree. All right. 
Our next question is from another nominee of ours, Laugh Tub. This is Logan from Laptop, and he writes, I'm a full-time college student with my own company, meaning the budget is low and tight. What are some extraordinary advertising methods that won't cost extraordinary amounts? (laughs) (laughs) See, all of those seem to be, if it's not money, it's time. Yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love one day for someone to say, you know, I love working really hard. I've got so much time. I could work every day, all day on this. What should I do? Instead of the, I've got like five minutes and no money. How do I get success tomorrow? Sort of thing. But, right. yeah, no. but to be fair, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a question that's always going to be interesting. So the interesting thing here is it says advertising method. So we're not really talking about necessarily offline or, or online. This, we're very broad with this question. Now... I'm wondering if maybe he wanted to know more about, like, AdWords, actual advertising, where you are investing money in it. Yeah. Well, let's just take the concept of spending money to get an audience. That's a safe way to go with this, I think, Uh, even with a low budget. I've found, and if I had a little bit of money to spend on something, you know, most people think, oh, should I buy some banners on a website or should I go and spend some money on Google AdWords, some pay-per-click traffic? Or, you know, should I maybe spend some money to get some prizes and run a competition? All of those things are possible uh, uh, options. Uh, maybe the third one is the, the potential uh, lowest investment for highest return, or it could be absolutely terrible. You could get no one entering a competition. So uh, what I think is one of the better ways to spend money is actually in value creation projects. So create those assets. So if you have some money to spend... And for example, let's, you know, let's say you got a hundred bucks. It's not a lot of money, but you want to spend that money towards getting a really good out- outcome. I would look to hire someone to create some kind of multimedia for you that creates an asset. So you could get someone for a hundred dollars to you know, maybe create a simple WordPress plugin or produce a handful of videos, maybe five to 10 videos on a certain subject. And just pick something that's really relevant to what your industry or what your blog is about and then spend that money on getting something done that you personally can't do, that uses multimedia, that creates an asset. That that would be okay. the way I'd go about it. Huh. You know, we always think about advertising as we have to get away from our own side and go out there to get it. And that's actually a brilliant idea. You have to offer something of value that... Uh, the majority of us aren't going to be able to create on our own and that you might not even be able to create on your own. But if you're willing to invest a little bit of money, do that. Like a free WordPress plugin would get you tons of traffic if it was a worthwhile plugin for people and would get your name out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a very interesting advertising method. Okay, I'm going to keep that one in mind. For me, advertising has always been about creating value with content, not like I hate billboards and and, because that's, broad media appeal. That's the kind of advertising Coca-Cola and McDonald's and, and Nokia, all right. these large brands do because they're, they have huge distribution, huge companies, and they've got you know, massive audience size globally. So that makes sense for them to do that kind of branding. It's the, the point of differentiation that keeps them in the top place. We're not like that. We're individuals or small companies. Uh, most of our best advertising is through some either underground guerrilla technique that that uh, you know gets 
huge word of mouth because it's so silly or stupid or you know taking the example we just gave go out there and create a really clever YouTube video and get it viral that can do a lot and if you just spend you know 100 bucks to produce the video you can get a massive return on investment there and that's just clever advertising and these days it's pretty easy to find someone who can do these things for you right cuz i mean there's elance and scriptland or you know all of these uh developers and programmers out there who don't charge a whole lot and are willing to do a little work for you yeah that's not the hard bit the hard bit's the innovation that's where you got to be clever okay (laughs) all right Uh, our next question is from norm kennedy and he writes how can i get more traffic to my website i'm new to blogging and so i'm gonna make this more specific for you yaro and say Actually, you know, you've already given a lot of great ideas, but what's the best way you've found to drive traffic to your blog? <laughs> and, you you know, you've got the Blog Profits Blueprint, which I'm taking a guess and thinking having that with a team of affiliates is probably one of the best ways. But what would you say? Well, yeah, let's – let's. I, I mean, I already answered this as it pertains to the, the beginning stage of developing your blog. So I talked about creating guest content of some shape or form. So that's my answer in terms of the first 12 months of developing your blog. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to take it and expand it to what's been the best for me ever, yeah, then definitely the best way to answer that question is actually to say a product launch process, okay. um, which is not something I can answer within the scope of this interview to, to cover right. the entire issue. Obviously, there's, <laughs> You know, you took my membership site mastermind course. There's a whole module on just that subject. Right. And uh, Jeff Walker has an entire course, a $2,000 course, on just the subject of doing product launches. So uh, the, the reason why, to answer the question, the reason why it's so effective at building traffic is it gets you the sort of attention in a very short period of time that uh, something new and exciting like releasing a brand new movie does. So you do a campaign that's focused on something special like a free report, like some videos, but not only do you do that, you, you, you actually strategically go out there and have your affiliates promote it at a certain time. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You market through multiple channels all at the same time. It's just about creating this massive buildup of buzz that has a lot of people in a lot of places all talking about you and your resources. And that creates this uh, really ground roots compounding that results in a a lot of traffic, a lot of subscribers coming to you in a short period of time. Right. Well, I'd, I want to put a, maybe a disclaimer in here, though, and say, um, like, I've had a reader tell me once that they had gotten a review of their blog on a very popular guru site, and they didn't take advantage of it properly. So the traffic came and went. And so it's, you know, these types of things can create a lot of buzz and create can drive hordes of traffic to you, but you've got to be prepared to keep that traffic mm-hmm. because um, after the buzz is gone, it can kind of slow down a little bit and people may end up leaving eventually if you don't keep them there with good content and yada, yada. So, mm, And that's you know what I, what I talk about. You retain your audience through email subscription, which is mm-hmm. different to what we're talking about with blogging. So, yeah, you make a very good point. You want to, after you do whatever you do, Keep doing it. <laughs> so right. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. I, I, I can imagine um, after a product launch, like membership site mastermind, you don't have that open year round. You open that every once in a while to let new students in. And I can, I always 
think about you on that day afterwards and wonder if it feels like the day after Christmas when you're a kid <laughs> and the excitement's all gone, you know? <laughs> yeah, the, the first time you do it, it's like that, especially because you're all apprehensive and nervous and wondering what your result's going to be. And right. You've never done it before, and it, it, there's always something interesting that happens during a launch. You just you don't know what it's going to be. And uh, sometimes it's really cool, sometimes it's not so cool, Yeah. <laughs> but something happens. And then, yeah, you're right, you do it. And I remember when, when Gideon did his, the first launch with me for Become a Blogger Premium, that was the first big launch he's done. And, and he was responsible for the majority of the, the workload in that launch. And he, he, he ended it, and, and, he, and we were great, happy with the results. And he was like, oh, oh, I want to do that again. That was so much fun, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was like that, that sense of... It's like a roller coaster, you know, you get on yeah. it, you, some bits you're like, oh my God, why did I do this? And then right. you get off and like, that was so cool, I have to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Exhilarating, kind of a get a high off of it. Yeah. Okay, well, our last submitted question, and then we'll go into some of mine. But our last submitted question is from another one of our nominees, Jill. And she writes, do you use Squidoo and hub pages to build traffic and backlinks to your blogs or other money sites? If so, please tell us how to make it work. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, I don't, so I can't tell you how to make it work. <laughs> okay, yeah, I've never tried either, either yeah. of those. I, I've been very simple with my social media. I've, I've, I've always been um, uh, not anti-social media, but I haven't been an early adopter of most social media tools. I've been a very... Uh, wait and see what turns out to be the most effective tools and then use them, uh, which is exactly what I did. I, I have now seen that um, Twitter and Facebook are and YouTube are the most effective social media tools that I've seen in terms of long-term. Well, actually, let's qualify that. Twitter may not prove to be long-term, but it's looking good. But certainly right. Facebook and YouTube, are, are they're almost... Um, they have solid retained audience bases that are so integrated into people's lives and also in YouTube's case, so integrated into search results that they seem like very stable traffic sources. And I've, I've got, you know, countless case studies of people getting amazing results with them where stumble upon and dig and delicious are amazing one-off traffic boosts and you know if, if you get very very lucky or you're very very good you can get repeated exposures on these sites but i've never seen them be uh, a, a strategy unto themselves the way uh, youtube and facebook can be so my energy now is predominantly well really just twitter and facebook and you know it's worth clarifying this i also do the things that i enjoy and twitter has proven to be fun where stumble upon and dig was not fun for me it doesn't just didn't gel with the way i like to use the internet where for other people they love to waste time so they <laughs> <laughs> using twitter sorry using stumble upon and, and let's not confuse it twitter can be a time waster too but it, it usually helps build That's my brand yeah and <laughs> stumble upon and dig um great research tools great entertainment tools uh can be great traffic tools just not not been great for me so i've uh and I don't hear people talking about them as much as they used to either. So I just don't know whether that's just the, the turn of events. But um, uh, so far, and also the really important point here, the amount of work required to leverage these tools has to make sense. So I don't know about Squidoo and Hubpages, but I'm pretty sure they take quite a lot to set up. And then the return on investment there can be 
negligible depending on how you go. I know Squidoo pages can rank really well. And once you've filled it with content, it's like building a blog. It's there, it gets rankings, it, it brings traffic, and it's good. Uh, and I'm sure there are people out there who just do that as their marketing strategy, and it works great. Um, they're the people you should ask this question to, I guess. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, for, for my case, I... I tweet, that tweet gets automatically posted to Facebook. When I write a blog post, it goes on Twitter, which obviously then goes onto Facebook as well. So I'm just leveraging what I already do. In that right. case, it's very low effort for a uh, slightly increase in the amount of exposure I get. So, you know, that to me makes sense. And as I said, it's fun. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, when you are just starting a blog, you know, things like even article marketing, those can be effective if you use them properly and you really put your time into it. But in the beginning, you might not want to share that content. You know, everything you write, might you might want to just have on your blog for yeah. your readers. Um, but I did the thing where, you know, when I started my blog, I signed up for just about every social network I could find online thinking – Actually thinking just being on there was supposed to do something mm. and very quickly realized, first off, I didn't like several of them, never logged into them, never checked them out. And the ones I did enjoy using, I wasn't using them effectively and they weren't doing what they could be doing to, for me. So I actually cut it down from this huge list of them to Twitter and Facebook and focused on just those two. And they've worked for me because they're not too time consuming it's more focused for my energy and attention, and they are—they seem to be really popular. They seem to be taken off quite nicely. So, mm. it's probably all about what you're comfortable with, what you enjoy using, what you're willing to put work into. But with those social networks, it seems like they only work if you really work them. Mm. And they're not a, a low effort. Like there is a lot of time required from most social mm -hmm. media to to get an outcome. So. Uh, I, I got information overload when I first started hearing people talking about using these things. I said, you know what? I just want to write to my blog. I don't want to um, proactively spend half an hour a day finding good content through StumbleUpon. Uh, I don't want to do the same thing through Dig to try and build up my profile. Uh, I didn't even want to read articles on how to get traffic from these things because I felt like, well, it's not a strategy I'm going to follow, so I'm not going to try and get educated there because it's, it's not what I'm doing right now. And mm -hmm. I, I'd almost suggest to people when they get started, spend three months writing five articles a week to your blog and then spend the rest of your time doing two things. Uh, educate yourself on internet marketing just so you can start building that general awareness that you need without necessarily applying it. Just just educate for the start sake of education to begin with so mm -hmm. you can figure out what you do then want to apply when it comes to marketing. But more importantly... Whatever it is your blog is about, that's the area where you should spend your time taking action. So if you're writing a blog on how to become a great guitar player, write five articles a week, or maybe you're doing video in this case and you know, giving lessons through video, produce five pieces of content for your blog. You can have the weekends off. And then uh -huh. <laughs> the rest of the time, spend it playing the guitar. That's where you want to develop your strength because that's will then translate into great content for your blog and a real positioning of expertise in your industry. Uh, after that, the rest of the, the tools like social media, like article marketing, all of that, generally you'll find the things that just fit for you. But you can do a lot just by being consistent with writing a great blog if you have 
real experience and real uh, you know knowledge that you've gained from actually doing things in your chosen industry. So, you know, so many people get caught up in trying to market everything, but it's really, really more about being good at what it is you're writing about, and that in itself will then become, uh, you know, good good marketing because people will just talk about you because you're so good. Right. I think the guitar analogy is absolutely perfect. You know, four years ago when I started learning about internet marketing and I hadn't made money yet online, I wanted to start teaching it because I was learning so much about it and I was this passion was growing within me. But I knew it wasn't going to work yet because I hadn't proven myself yet to be someone who could make money online. I had learned these things, but I hadn't necessarily applied them. Four years later, I realized, hey, I might have some proof now. Maybe I could go out and do this. Now, I've noticed some bloggers, actually, a lot of bloggers like to write about making money online, but they haven't done it yet themselves. Or they want to talk about something that they want to learn about. Now, this isn't a question, actually, that I originally had for you, but you kind of <laughs> touched on this a little bit. I wonder what your opinion is on this. Do you think that bloggers should focus on something they already know about and are going to continue to learn about? Or is it okay for someone to, for an example, you know, talk about making money online? They're going to blog about that as they're learning to make money online. Yeah, I, I wrote an article about that. Uh, and I, I've covered it a bit a few times before because it is a problem in the sense that people do attempt to frame themselves as experts when they haven't actually done it or even not as experts they want to chronicle their journey and then mm -hmm. they just don't have any stories to tell because they're not doing anything outside of <laughs> writing about their journey so right. it becomes like a meta meta sort of discussion I'm writing about mm -hmm. my journey of writing about my journey which is <laughs> there isn't actually any substance there so what you want to do uh, is understand your strategy first obviously you, you've got a, a, at least somewhat of a vision what you're aiming to do like are you going to release a membership site and what market you're going to frame yourself as an expert in and, and how you're going to build that credibility assuming that's in place what are you then going to do to build the necessary experience to be able to talk about things that you actually know about and done so in the example of the making money online marketplace if you were to, if you're going to do like what I do uh, or what Keller does, and talk about how to make money online, what you write about needs to be very practical in the sense that you've spent your time testing a technique, seeing how it went for you, and then you can use that as fodder, as content to write about mm -hmm. for the blog. So, one of the the business models that I think would work really well for people, but no one ever seems to really devote themselves to it, and there could be a reason why it could be too much work, is to to go and join a program uh, once a month, pick one. Like, I don't know, we, we, there's so many we can choose from, but let's just take um, you know, Pay-Per-Click Classroom, Adam and Alan Short, their program on how to make money with uh, pay-per-click marketing and affiliate products. So join something like that. Um, sorry, that's not Adam and Alan, that's Anik and someone else. Anik and, uh, anyway, it's a, it's a product you can buy to learn how to make money with pay-per-click marketing and affiliate advertising. And then go through the lessons, implement the lessons, uh, take lots of screenshots and, and you know, maybe do some videos as you're doing it to show people that you were, what you were doing and how you were doing it. And then uh, finish, you know, do it for a month, maybe two, might even take three months and find out, did you make any money as a result of that? You're guaranteed to learn something if you put a lot of action in. At the end of that time or while you're doing it all, that is content for the blog. So say, all right, yeah. I, I bought Paperclip Classroom. 
I did what they said. I went and registered with Google AdWords and I did some keyword research and I did some market research using Google and Amazon stores and all these things. Then I found a market. I chose, I went with, uh, you know, um, you know, golf clubs and I was going to target that market and I built a website and here's the website. And then I, um, I started a campaign through pay-per-click to drive traffic to the website and I spent $100 a day and got this many clicks and this many and all those things, lots of details, lots of practical steps. And at the end of it all, I made... 50 bucks. <laughs> so uh <-huh. laughs> my decision is that this system is is good potentially, but I don't see myself making significant money in 12, 12 months. This is the hard part. This is the easy part. This is what I recommend you do. Do that four Stay or five exciting. times a year, and you'll have more valuable content in the Make Money Online space than most blogs will. And you'll start to build your expertise as being a good action taker. And eventually something will stick, of course. You'll find a, a system that you do like. You'll do it for more than a month or two. You'll do it for a year. And that's when you start becoming really good at something. And your blog will become a, a, you know, a well and truly uh, in-depth resource on how to make money online. I, yeah, I completely agree. And actually, even for people who already have a lot of experience in this area, uh, like me, I, I have a background in online marketing and making money online. But... Uh, I had never sold ad space on my blog before, so it was something I learned with my blog this year, learned about it, and then wrote about it. And so even if you are years into this and you are considered a, a maybe a guru or someone, you know, the, the, it never hurts to go try and learn something new and then, yeah, bring that information to the table for people. But it seems to be all about experience. If you're just guessing, people are going to know you're guessing, Thanks for listening to part two of my interview with Yara Starek. If you missed part one, you'll find that on my blog. And for part three, just sign up for my newsletter and you'll get it by email. Thanks so much, you guys.